Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I'm your host, Hanan Al-Basha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough. I am worthy. I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Uncharted Discussion episode of Empowered to Grow. This is your host, Hanan Al-Basha, and I still have my lovely friend, Katie Mafundera, with me. And um, Katie is uh, um, a life coach and executive coach. She specializes as a consultant in the leadership field. Um, she's done a lot of studying and a lot of certifications in this field. And I was talking to her about something that I know personally I had to work through and I had to progress through as well. And it's women in leadership positions and how we show up as um, within the workplace, um, within the leadership positions and how sometimes I know from my personal experience that conditioning has impacted me a lot in showing up fully in showing up authentically. Like, you know, again, and this is not necessarily just the Middle East, but I think this is an international thing where, you know, I've had the conversations with women from around the world and there's always these expectations that come along with what you're supposed to do, what you're expected to do, to say, to act as a woman and within a leadership position that you sometimes have to, well, we can go into the masculine energy and the feminine energy, but that's another place. But, but there's sometimes you have to embody things or you have to embody a persona that doesn't necessarily represent you. And that mm. impacts you and what you bring to the table because it overshadows your value. Mm-hmm. No, I, I re- resonate. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really resonate with what you're saying. And it's funny you you bring up that masculine and feminine energy because um, my experience, my personal experience with it is, is I think for one thing, I, I had been conditioned that leadership means bringing masculine energy. Um, and I didn't understand um, initially how my feminine energy would be so valuable as a leader. Um, you know, my masculine side being very sort of go, 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 um, solutions oriented, you know, hard driving. Um, and come to find out, you know, we talked about, you know, how, how I was doing all of the studying and research and come to find out it's all of the quote unquote soft elements that really are the core of leadership and really are what define uh, effective teams versus less, you know, more effective versus less effective teams. So, so it has been interesting. I think there's also that element of, for me, it's been as well. Um, okay, if I if I step too too much into my power and I flex my power, I'm noticing people feel uncomfortable with that. Yeah. So, is there a way that I need to fit into? more traditional notions of what it means to be feminine in this role but even if it doesn't feel authentic I need to make sure I don't make people feel threatened um, with how I step fully into my my power because somehow it doesn't fit for people that I'm a woman and yes. stepping into my power in this way and I see you nodding what's what's yeah. resonating <laughs> because that's that's I think this is it it's 
as I found myself as a woman in whatever managerial leadership position, something I, I tend to think a lot and, and overthink about how I'm going to show up and how others are viewing me and how I'm impacting them and how they're reacting to me versus who I am. And how, you know, what, what's the value, what am I bringing to the table? And I, I don't want to make an assumption, um, but I'm, I'm going to say from my own perspective, I see that men don't, don't do that. They don't stop to say, hang on a second. Am I, are they going to like this? Are they comfortable, uncomfortable with my approach? It's like, okay, this is what we're doing. And this is ex- what's expected of you. And these are the roles, these are responsibilities now go, you know? Um, and I think when, Again, the, the, the notion of bringing compassion, of bringing empathy, of bringing understanding and accommodating those around you and everything, that, that immediately gets dubbed as you're too soft. These are not soft skills. You're just too soft. Or mm-hmm. no, that's not the way to go. Or no, that's, you know, that's, yeah, that's because you're a woman. Mm-hmm. You get labeled along the way. I know mm. I have, I, I, whether to my face or behind my back, but I got labeled of how I approached the positions I was in. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. No, that really resonates. And actually, as you're, you're talking about that, you make me think about how what potentially happened is that you disrupted people's notion. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you stepped fully into your, your power, you may have, disrupted people's notion of what you should be as a woman and they rebelled against that and so that potentially caused you to recoil and and have to do all of that questioning and overthinking because you were noticing maybe that people would have a reaction whenever (laughs) you just did what was a lot (laughs) too many reactions (laughs) well and you know there's there's a wonderful book it's called uh, compelling people And it talks about how, um, you know, as human beings, we have a tendency to just automatically assess everyone we encounter in terms of um, their strength and their warmth. And we have some assumptions about how much strength they should have and how much warmth they should have based on who they are. So, you know, people may look at me and see, okay, this is a woman, this is a black woman. You know, I'm expecting, you know, as a woman, she should be high warmth um, and low strength. But if I show up being high strength, when there's that expectation of low strength, it's it's unnerving because it's yeah. it's it's not um, it's not fitting into people's assumptions about how things how things should be be working. And so people want to feel safe. They want to feel like. Life is working like clockwork. And so when we step outside of people's assumptions about how we're supposed to be, sometimes people will rebel against that. And I think women have been um, particularly subject to this um, because it's interesting. I mean, you know, the realities of, of, of being a woman mean that we have to occupy such a wide spectrum. We do have to be leaders in so many ways um and we do um yeah and and we do also have these these natural strengths that come from our socialization that i i believe also come from our physiology that's my belief as well um that enable us to be these these powerhouse 
leaders, but then there's a narrative that contradicts that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a narrative and a conditioning that, that other people have that contradicts that. So you end up having, you know, people just experiencing this dissonance when women really step fully into their strength and into their power, I think. Um, but yeah, that's a great book. I, I, I want to go back to it and thank you for triggering that memory of it. So, okay. So let's, let's try to put a, a kind of a, a foundational guide to female powerhouses showing mm, mm. up as leaders in the workplace, whether that's their own business, whether that is corporate, whether it's, it's like a, being an employee in a company, what would be, what would be those, the, like the ground, the ground rules, let's say, mm. or the, or the, the, the pillars. Oh, I love it. I love it. We're writing a book right here, right yeah, exactly. now. <laughs> We've got to expand on that as soon as yes. we have the time. Let's, let's do this. So yes. let's do this exercise. So if we're say for you to show up as, as a leader, authentically, what would, what would you need to embrace? What would you need to think about? What would you need to consider? Or what other thoughts do you have? Mm, well, the first thought that comes up for me is don't dim your light. Yeah, for sure. Don't for dim sure. your light. I mean, and yes, and we say it and it's, and it's become generic, but it is so true. It is so mm. true because I know I'm still healing from that. I'm like, you know, I, I spent 12 plus years in corporate, 11 years now between different businesses with partners and no partners and everything. And I still find myself sometimes dimming my light. Mm. And I'm still working on that because mm. I had been conditioned for so long. I'm being conditioned um, to, oh, no, 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 you know, that's not what we want. Just do when I was in marketing, what, just do a brochure and an ad for, for the project. Mm. I'm like, seriously? You're doing a project that is like fundamentally not right for this market, blah, 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 whatever it is. And I got shushed and I got asked to, this is your scope. Don't come out of your scope, but I am speaking my scope. No, no, not the scope we want you to be speaking about, you know, and these are the kind of things. So, and I found myself dimming my light because do I want to be in conflict on a daily basis in my workplace or do I want to show up and be, you know, all the labels that we get as soon as you go off track as a woman in the workplace. Oh, she's the whatever. Um, do I want to be labeled that way? Do I want to be ostracized? Do I want to be alienated? Do I want to be sidetracked? Wait, you know, whatever it is. So don't give me a light. That's mm. fundamental mm. one. <laughs> yes. Well, so I came up with the first one. It's your turn to come up with the second one. Um, speak your mind. Mm. And, and maybe no matter what the consequences are mm. but because again speak your mind does not mean being aggressive and rude speak your mind means that i would like to put on record that this is not was not what i agree with or the, from my experience because we again we have to keep using and utilizing, capitalizing on our experiences and our education and our accreditations and whatever it is. And sometimes we, we fail to forget that we've got those, <laughs> but, but let's, let's bring them in and say, you know, 
speak your mind. It's like, this, this is not right. And I have a problem standing up and saying this is not right because from my professional experience and from my personal experience, these are the consequences of this decision or whatever it is. Mm, no, I, I really resonate with that. And I think that's right on point. And I mean, you know, you, you've pointed out all of the fears that come up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And my my humble opinion is that in a certain way, those fears are valid. And, and a person who makes the decision to step fully into themselves does also need to bring with them courage and a trust that yes potentially in speaking your mind people may be sufficiently uncomfortable with you that they reject you and maybe that's a sign that you're someplace you weren't supposed to be and maybe that's the way your life is going to move you into a place that's going to allow you to be fully yourself yep. yeah you know? yeah so so yeah so i mean i i don't want to downplay the fact that there will be consequences. There will be consequences of, of shining your light. There will be consequences of speaking your mind. And it's important to trust that potentially, or I believe definitely, those consequences are your life positioning you to, to, to be the fullest expression of yourself, to make the fullest contribution that you can make. Um, and, and that maybe you can't make those contributions in that space that doesn't allow you to do that. Um, and it can be uncomfortable. The transition can be yes, uncomfortable. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. And, and, and you might have to, well, personally, that was my experience. Is I, I stepped out of corporate for these reasons that I could just no longer keep up this daily resistance and struggle just to speak my mind and not dim my light and all of this. And I was getting physically ill as well. And, and it was just like, that's, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I went into entrepreneurship after this and, and starting up private businesses and everything. And again, I, this was again, another point about six years later where I stepped out of that for fundamentally a big chunk of the reasons were, were that again, but let's, so these are the first two parts, and this is to kind of ground yourself among your peer leaders or the leadership within the, the organization. Let's put two pillars for stepping into your role as a leader of a team mm-hmm. so from, from the other perspective. What would be one of one, like the first one you would say? Mm, I think the first one is that you need to authentically care. You need to authentically care about the people that you're leading. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what comes up for me first. And I, I think what part of that word authentic um, is about integrity. It's about fundamentally having integrity as a person. And when I say integrity, I mean what is without matches what is within. It's not that you're acting like you care, but you really don't care. There needs to be alignment. Um, And that that sort of alignment between what's outside and what's inside has to apply, not just in terms of your really caring about the people that you are leading, but in all aspects of who you are. It's difficult to be a good, a really good leader 
if you don't have integrity. So I guess I'm I'm kind of stepping no, into that's true. Yeah, but 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 that is that is exactly it. And I think mm-hmm. coming from that and building on that, I would say as well that mm-hmm. the caring, authentic leadership role also entails that you become a facilitator. And the facilitator and the observer would would authentically look at her team and look at their core competences. And even if she feels like that person is not in the right place and that right place is not within the team, even it could be somewhere else in the organization or outside the organization, that she would put the priority of that person's development over just the tasks and the responsibilities of the team and what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. That's that's a leadership role is is Mm -hmm. realizing when someone, when someone's a square in, in a round peg or what is it? Uh, Round square peg in a round hole or the other way around. Either way it's, it's wrong. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And, and, And instead of getting frustrated and instead of saying, Oh no, no, you could do this, just fill the hole for now. And we know that that really doesn't work best for, for the team and for the person and for the organization as a whole. Is yes. to be able to to support them into discovering where would they be the best fit and the best match and and capitalize on their core competences. Yes, and that that what you just said has such a profound ripple effect. I mean, it's not just about you know being caring about that person; it's about effectiveness of the team because sure. you're opening a space for someone who's a better fit to. to to enter that role you're also building trust within your team your team is going to see how you handled that person and they're going to trust you more or trust you less depending on how you handled that person and who knows where that person is going to land and how they'll become an ally for you you know when whether it's it's to do business with another entity that they are connected to whether it is you know, when you move on to your next chapter, I mean, there are so many uh, positive things that can come from what you've you've dis- described, you know, I mean, not just in terms of the human element, but from a very, you know, um, uh, sort of bottom line focused um, way of looking at it. Uh, so, no, I, I, I resonate with that totally. And I agree. I agree. Well, I know, I know we can, we can keep going on to, to get to, to a list of 50, but <laughs> I think we've, we've put a, a good foundation for now. I think we can, we need to have some follow-up sessions to fill up the book, but um, I'm loving this. And, and the discussion of women, leadership, um, uh, conditioning, uh, what else it, that is effectiveness of, of a role as a, as a person as the, the effectiveness and productivity of um, the team, the impact within the organization, the labels that come along with it. <laughs> the, the yeah, positive we touched on a lot. <laughs> yes. I think within all that, there's, there's a lot still to be said. I think we're just barely scratching the surface. And um, I know I've interviewed a couple of, uh, of um, amazing women leaders, and yet I could immediately sense their um, overpowering masculine energy because that's how they need to show up. And I, 
I put in my best effort. I don't know if I have achieved it or not to just kind of let's mellow this a bit. We, we don't know. We don't need you to show up right here like that, but I know that it impacts our life and I know it impacts our um, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health. When we have to keep stepping out of alignment for a certain role and then coming back and saying, okay, now I need to, to go back to doing these roles with a, with a different mindset, with a different attitude, with a different, and it's, and I don't know, personally, I think we can show up in our life in the different elements and aspects of our life. Of course, we, we amend a bit and we shift a bit because we have to adapt, but I don't think we have to be different personas to be able to, to carry out our life authentically. No, I resonate with that. I resonate with that. And, uh, you know, so I think you've, you've hit on an important challenge um, that we face as women, which is when we find that it is our calling to step into leadership, we've gotten a lot of messages about what that means and the archetypes that we've been exposed to um, are very particular. Um, and they're often this masculine mold that you've talked about. And, and at the same time, I do think there is an opportunity. I mean, I think personally, I resonate with the notion that men and women, the masculine and feminine, are there to support each other's development and expansion. I think that there are things that women can gain from using the masculine and I think there are things that men can gain by using the feminine uh, I think I think um, the challenge is that the masculine has been held up as sort of the superior and the preferred uh, way um, of doing things and so you know I say that to say you know it's not always necessarily in my opinion a bad thing when women step into the masculine, I do think there is a tendency to be out of balance with that, though. Um, and I agree with you. I think it's out of balance with it in a way that is um, is not allowing people to be fully themselves. Um, and yes, I, I, you know, us believing in a growth mindset, of course, we evolve and we grow and um, we reveal parts of ourselves that we didn't know were there as life challenges us. And at the same time, I think uh, we can sometimes sort of stuff down um, what is authentic and true for us in an effort to be accepted. And so this is, I think, you know, the challenge that we need to, to address is really making sure, look, look is this really me being authentic or is this me trying on a, a persona as you call as you called it yeah. putting on a persona that's not really authentic to me because i've been taught that this is what is required this is what's um, expected mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what is expected exactly exactly yeah well thank you for for allowing me the space for this conversation <laughs> I know we still have um, a lot more to uh, to un- unveil over here, but I'm happy that these conversations are happening now. And these conversations are hopefully would be contributing to our awareness of, of how we show up in the world, how we show up as leaders, as female leaders, and how we authentically show up in the world. 
as our our own person, not persona, as our own person, and how we can, well, shine our light. Mm. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you for inviting me to be part of this conversation with you, and and my hope is that it just sparks, if nothing else, it sparks, you know, people reflecting on, yeah, whether they are giving themselves permission to step. Uh, into their roles authentically and what it's costing them if they're not doing so um, and what it could be like if they did do so um, and the fact that yes there is a risk and it's worth it however it turns out so thank you for holding this space thank you katie um well, I think there's there's nothing more for me to say here. I, I don't even have a closing statement anymore. <laughs> I think the I'm just going to say you're paying the price anyway, uh, whether you show up authentically or you show up as expected of you. So I would just um, I would just say pick the price and see see how you want to um, how you want to proceed with it. And uh, there is. It, it's going to take time, as, as we said, it's, it's the challenge. It will take time. It will take a few iterations. It, um, you will pay some taxes on your decisions and how you show up in your actions. But one day you're going to wake up and say, this was totally worth it. I'm empowered to grow. Thank you for being here with us today. And as always, I wish you love, abundance and prosperity. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, or visit my website, www.hananelbasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.